Good evening, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Terror Radio Podcast, where we're dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and suspense old-time radio shows, as well as original stories. I'm your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Horror Show Nerd, and hoping everyone had an enjoyable Halloween weekend, or should I say, Halloween weekend without drama. Whew, man. People are getting crazy out there. I also want to give a quick thank you to those who tuned in to the bonus episode. As I stated before, I knew it wouldn't get a large amount of hits, but still several of you listened, so thank you. I also received a huge surprise earlier this week. I received an email from the app Good Pods and discovered Terra Radio made the top listeners charts. Um, it was number 18 on the top 100 drama and it was number 43 for the top 100 fiction and I couldn't have done any of this without any of you so thank you so without further ado this is Terror Radio the shows featured today are going to be Dark Fantasy and The Weird Circle now Dark Fantasy premiered on November 14th 1941 and ended on June 19, 1942, with only 31 episodes. It was created by Scott Bishop, who was one of the main writers for the popular radio show Mysterious Traveler. The series broadcasted on the station WKY in Oklahoma City and was featured on NBC every Friday. The radio play tonight is entitled Demon Tree, and it was first broadcasted on December 5th, 1941. So, we know the drill. Sit back, turn down the lights, and listen to Demon Tree. pounds on the jack of diamonds. You should tear your money up, Humphreys. It would last you longer. (laughs) Perhaps you're right, Crane. But this way I get a sense of honest toil. I say, isn't anyone else betting? Oh, let's quit. I'm tired of losing. Oh, look here, old girl. Could I loan you a few pounds? No, thank you, Crane. (laughs) I have enough to get me back to London. If we ever do get back. Now, why do you say that, Clara? It's only a matter of a stage getting through here to the resort and taking us out of this beastly place. Beastly place is right. Why people come here for a rest is more than I can determine. Honestly, I've never spent such an uncomfortable week in all my life. Well, think of me. I've been here three. So have you, Humphreys. Mm. Oh, look here, you two. It's three o'clock. They're expecting the stage around eight tonight. Uh, What do you say the three of us go for a bit of a walk through the forest? I say, why not? Oh, here comes Danvers. Perhaps he'll join us. Anything to get away from this place. 
Good afternoon, Danvers. And greetings, good people. I take it you're no happier than when I left you a while ago. Oh, the place is as gloomy as a morgue. We've just agreed to take a walk in the forest back of the inn. You're invited to come along if you like. Sounds like a good enough way to pass the time. Oh, good. And we all go together. Besides, I'm quite interested in that forest out there. You remember, of course, the story the night clerk told us last evening. Yes, I don't like him. He talks through his nose. People should talk through their mouths. No, no, no. I mean, what he told us about the forest. What about the forest? I didn't hear it, Humphreys. Well, the clerk said it was a gorgeous place. Lots of beautiful foliage, vivid colors, clear water lakes. But nobody goes there. It's so beautiful. That's I... just it, Clara. You see, people have gone there and never come back. What? Rubbish. A lot of nonsense. Why, the clerk is just superstitious, that's all. I am inclined to agree with you, Danvers. Why, he even told us an absurd story about... about a tree out there in that forest that's supposed to strangle people. <laughs> strangle them? How? Oh, I don't know. With its branches, I suppose. Just some absurd legend the people around here like to believe. I believe it's more than just a legend, Crane. Eh? And what makes you say that, old man? Uh, here. I talked to the clerk again later last night. He dug out this old newspaper clipping for me. Read it, Danvers. Aloud. Mm -hmm. Old is right. Almost illegible. Well, read it. It says... London, England, April 21st, 1857. It is reported that Sir Horace Wakefield, Earl of Dorsha, was found strangled last night in Barlow Forest. His body was discovered entangled in the branches of a huge oak tree. Oh. Go on, read the rest of it. Earl's death recalls to mind the weird tale of the witch of Barlow Forest, who is said to have lived in the 16th century. An evil old hag who, upon having a falling out with Sir Thomas Holly Wakefield, cursed him and warned him that any of his descendants who entered Barlow Forest would surely perish. Mm, charming old girl, wasn't she? No, no, no. Don't scoff until you've heard the rest of it. Go on, Danvers. She also added that any person or persons with the Wakefield descendant would also die. She is said to have planted an acorn smeared with her own blood. The acorn is supposed to have grown into a towering oak capable of moving about from place to place in Barlow Forest. Sir Horace is the sixth of the Wakefield line to have perished by strangulation in the forest. Thomas Hurley Wakefield. I wonder. Hmm? You wonder what, Cray? Um... My mother's name was Wakefield. I was just wondering if she was related to Sir Thomas. Oh, of course not, Crane. It's just a story. Uh, but an extraordinary story, didn't you say? Well, yes. Wouldn't do very well as a bedtime story, would it? A demon tree. I wonder if we could find it. <laughs> well, let's have a try, shall we? I'm game. Don't let anybody say I'm not. Then let's go. Oh, Humphrey's going along. I say, Humphreys, are you daydreaming? Hmm? Oh, oh. No, I was just thinking. Wouldn't it be odd if the whole thing were true? If we all went 
in there and didn't come back. Gentlemen, see any way we can get into that forest? It's as dense as Father Time's beard. Doesn't seem to be an opening anywhere. I think we can get in over here. Oh, all right. Coming, Danvers. There seems to be a footpath over here. Only one along this line of the forest. There, see? Oh, yes, you're right. Uh, come on, I'll lead. Uh, we'd better remember the way back. It'd be hard to get out of here if we didn't know where this opening is. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll remember it. I'm good at landmarks. Go ahead, Clara. I'm right behind you. I say, do any of you feel that? Feel what, Danvers? The chill. I feel like... like it's 20 degrees colder in this place. I feel that way, too. So do I. It's naturally cooler in the woods where the sun doesn't shine. But not this much cooler. I don't like this place. I'm for going back to the inn. Oh, let's get on ahead a little ways. I say, it is pretty in here. Pretty or not, it gives me the creeps. It isn't the kind of cold caused by climatic changes. What was that, Denver? I said, it's a different kind of cold. It's the kind that creeps up your spine when some... some evil comes over you. Oh, now, Danvers, we're just letting that newspaper story play on your mind. Wait a minute, eh? Look! That tree there in front of us. It looks like a human giant. Jove! You're right, Danvers. I could swear it moved just a moment ago. It did move. I saw it too. That's the strangest looking tree I ever saw. Look at that bark. I wonder if... Clem! What's wrong, man? I... I just... Touched the bark of that tree and it it didn't feel like bark at all. What? No, it felt like like human skin. Yeah, let me feel it. By heaven, it's true. It does feel like skin, warm and smooth and soft. Yes. Feels that way to me, too. Here. Humphreys, you touch it. No, thanks. Go ahead, Humphreys. Feel it. I have no desire to. You see, I'm sure you're right. What's that? I feel that... that this is the demon tree of Barlow Forest. Humphreys. I, I think we've seen enough of this place, haven't we? Let's get back to the end. Yes, let's. All right. Come on. I say, wait a minute. Have you noticed how dark it is? All of a sudden. The sun's behind a cloud, probably. It's impossible to see the sky through this foliage. It is darker. I can hardly see where I'm walking. Are you quite sure this is the right way? I don't remember this clearing. Oh, I don't either. Wait a minute. By heaven, this isn't the way. 
must be. We're on the path, aren't we? No. No, I don't think we are. It's so dark. Do any of you have a flight? I certainly don't remember this clearing. I think... <gasps> what was that? What was what, Crane? Uh, you... You'll think this is foolish, but... I swear I felt the branch of a tree brush across my face and shoulder. That's... That's impossible. There's not a tree within 50 feet of it. But I felt it, I tell you. It rustled like a branch covered with leaves, and yet it, it felt warm and soft, like human flesh. Crane, are you sure? Yes, look, we're lost here. It's dark, dark as night, right in the middle of the afternoon. And we've lost the path in that tree. Easy, Crane. Keep your head, man. I'm getting out of here. I'm not going to stay here and be murdered. Crane! Stay with us. No, no. I'm going to find the path and get out of here. Crane, stay here. We'll find a way back. I don't want to stay here and die. I want to get away from this place. Crane, don't be a fool. Crane! Now he is in for it. We're better off by staying together. I don't know whether we are or not. Listen! It's Crane. Sounds like he's strangling. Come on. Oh, we couldn't have gotten far. Right over here, I think. Now, take it easy now. Be careful. <gasps> oh, there he is. Yes. Stretched out on the ground. Like... Like he was... Dead. Look. Look at him. Oh. Marks on his throat. Like hands would make. That wasn't done by hands. See? Stains on his skin. Green stains. Thomas Wakefield Crane. Oh, what a horrible way for him to die. Clara, a tree. This is where we first saw it, now it's gone. Humphrey, you're right. This is where it was, I'm sure of it. Then what's happened to it? The important question is, what are we going to do with Crane? We'll have to leave him here until we can find a way out of this place. Poor Crane. It happened so quickly. One minute he was with us and the next... We warned him not to leave us. Now the three of us had better stay close together. Oh, yes, for heaven's sakes, let's not get separated. And do come on. There's nothing we can do for Crane now. We've got to find our way out of here. It just doesn't seem right, leaving him there. It's all we can do. Come on. How do we know which way to go? We don't. All we can do is keep moving and hope to find the path again. Oh, it's horrible. Wandering about like this, like... like nothing but a group of marionettes. Controlled by what strange puppeteer? What? What's that, Humphreys? I said... 
Controlled by what strange puppeteer? Humphrey, surely you don't think we've been purposely led into this? Who can say? Oh, now, Humphreys. Crane went off the deep end. We've got to keep our heads. We found a way in. Surely we'll find a way out. Yes. Yes, we did find a way in. But what about the chill? The darkness? There's some explanation. Perhaps a storm is coming up. Yes. That could be it. Couldn't it? Storms don't rise that quickly in this part of the country. And the darkness. It came down on this forest like a shroud. Yes. It came so quickly. Reminded me of how a corpse must feel in his coffin when the lid is put over him. Look here, Humphreys. I'm about fed up with that sort of talk. Only a fool refuses to face the facts, Danvers. You know this isn't any ordinary situation we're in. The chill of winter and the summertime. Darkness in mid-afternoon. And a tree that strangles. It was probably just an, an accident, Crane's death. Why don't you stop trying to tell yourself that the tree was only an imaginary thing? We all know that it's real. Humphreys. And as alive as any of us. The bark did feel like human flesh. Danvers. Humphreys. Look. A what? What is it? A glow of light there ahead of us. It's the tree. There. Now, what do you think, Danvers? Look. It's the tree moving along in a glow of phosphorescent light. Good heavens! It's the same tree! It looks like a human giant. It was nowhere near here. It was back there. Do you two see what the tree is carrying? It's carrying Crane. It's got him tucked up under that huge branch that looks like a human arm. Oh. Fading now. Disappearing again. Fading away. Yes. Gone. He's gone! Now do you believe, Danvers? Now do you admit that the tree is alive? What else can I believe? I don't know. Danvers, look out! He's fallen into a water pit. Oh. Help! Help me! It's quick, Danvers! What is he thinking? Help! I'm into my ways! Get me out of here! Stand still, Danvers. You just sink deeper. Quick! Help me out of here! Get something I can get out of you! Here, Danvers. Danvers, grab the end of that pole. He'll let you help him. Grab it, Danvers. Grab it. The pole, Danvers. Grab the end. I can't. I can't. That tree branch. It's bathing me. Good Lord. Listen, Clara. A tree branch. But we can't see it. I can't get near the pole. The branch keeps feeding me back. Humphreys, do something. He's up to his shoulders now. I can't. I can't make it. I can't help. Take me. Take me. You go under the quicksand and strangle. Danvers, there's nothing I can do. That tree. The demon tree. There's no escaping from it. Ah! 
I do. I thought we'd be safe back here in the hotel. I don't know how to describe it, but I have a feeling that this whole business isn't over yet. I know. I've had the same feeling. A feeling that we're not finished with the demon tree. Or that it's not finished with us. Yes, exactly. Yeah. My room. Better go in and have a drink, Clara. Heaven knows we need one. Yes, I certainly do. What's worrying me is how we're going to explain what happened to Craig and Danvers. Yeah, wait a minute. I'll get the light. There. Humphrey, <gasps> on the bed there. Good Lord. The branch of a tree about two feet long. Humphrey, don't touch it. Look at it. Look at it. A fresh living branch. Put it down. Oh, Humphreys, I'm getting out of here. Where are you going? Down to the lobby and wait for the stage. Oh, hold on, I'll go with you. Wait, Clara. Wait, it's three flights down. Let's take the elevator. All right. We can get the thing up here. It's automatic. Just push the button, it'll come up. Humphreys, look. Someone left the steel gate open. I say, that's dangerous. It certainly is. <gasps> Humphreys, that branch is pushing Drop it! Humphreys! down the shaft. It's after me. Get away. Get away. Help me. Help me, somebody. The tree. The demon tree. It's talking me. 
lineage descendant of Sir Thomas Hurley Wakefield, who enters Barlow Forest, is doomed to die. And all who enter the forest with him are likewise doomed. just heard The Demon Tree, an original tale of dark fantasy by Scott Bishop. Tonight's cast included Eleanor Naylor Corrin as Clara, Ben Morris, who was Humphreys, Garland Moss took the part of Danvers, and Murillo Schofield was heard as Crane. Next Friday night at this time, the National Broadcasting Company will bring you another unusual and fantastic adventure thriller Men Call Me Mad, the story of another world and the people who inhabit it, an exciting and weird tale of dark fantasy created by Scott Bishop. Dark fantasy originates in the studios of station WKY, Oklahoma City. Now, I must admit, dark fantasy, although I do own all of the episodes, is not one of my favorites. I consider a lot of the episodes to be very cheesy. Sometimes the acting is way over the top. And when I was um, researching for this episode, I saw a lot of descriptions saying that the series was terrifying, macabre, sinister. Uh, I didn't find too many of the episodes to be scary at all. In fact, Dimitri was probably one of the few that kind of made you sit on the edge of your seat. But it's still entertainment. Next, we have the word circle. Word circle ran from July 8th, 1943 and ended in 1945. It was produced in New York, first at the RCA Studios and later at the Red Network. And I would say about 80, no, I would say even probably about 90% of the content was adaptations of classic horror stories by some of the greats, like Victor Hugo, of course, Edgar Allan Poe, Emily Bronte, Robert Louis Stevenson, and many more. The radio play tonight is the Thing in the Tunnel, which is an adaptation from the story The Signalman by Charles Dickens, and it was first broadcasted on March 4th, 1945. So sit back, turn down the lights, and listen to The Thing in the Tunnel.
a weird circle. In this cave by the restless sea, we are met to call from out of the past stories, strange and weird. Bellkeeper, toll the bell so that all may know we are gathered again in the weird circle. of a world gone by speak again their immortal tale, The Thing in the Tunnel. Listen. That's the long moaning whistle of the through express, wailing through the lonesome night crying like a lost and anguished soul in the mountains. Listen to it. I've heard that mournful crying for ten years. And each time it reminds me of McGregor. Yeah? It reminds me of McGregor. My name's Kelsey, Howard Kelsey. I live out here solitary and alone because I like it. I hear nothing but the wind and the passenger and freight trains roaring through the canyons and the arroyos of the clear water rain, and, of course, myself. I'm a lonely man, sure. I got too many memories. Ah, oh, there she comes. She's through the tunnel now. The Statesman Express. Twelve-car Pullman roaring like a blast of thunder for home. Ah, McGregor. McGregor, are you flagging her through once more? I met McGregor by accident. In those days, I was new to this country, and I lived here with a fellow named Pike, an old-time prospector. He had a voice of sandpaper and a heart of stone. He didn't like me, and I didn't like him. But prospecting kept us together for a time. Nonetheless, we went out separately, and... Sometimes two or three days went by before we saw each other again. I first met McGregor on one of those trips. I'd come through some valley in the Clearwater Range, and just as day was beginning to fall, I found myself on top of a steep embankment, overlooking a gleaming set of rails. The air was dead silent, the mountains around me purple and velvet soft in the setting sun. It was all so still and so silent that well, for a moment, I thought the whole world had died. But just then, suddenly, I saw somebody move down by the tracks. I cried, Hello, below there! Hello! Well, the man spun about and stared up the track in the opposite direction. I called again, Hello, below there! Hello! The man spun about again, and this time he saw me. How do I get down there? Over to your left, there's a path. All right, thanks. I'll be down in a minute. Well, the whistle called just as I began to descend. A rumble filled the air. And just as I reached the rail bed, I saw the tunnel. 
hewn out of mountain rock, and plunging from the tunnel's mouth, like some black, terrible monster, roared a train. Saw by me in a deafening roar. Then when it was passed, directly opposite, on the other side of the track, stood the man I'd just called. And he was staring at me strangely. He was short and dark-skinned, and his eyes were sunk deep in his head. He wore a sheepskin coat and an old fedora, and he was holding a signal flag. Hello. My name's Kelsey. Hello. I was uh, just kind of wandering, and, well, I, I saw you, and I called, and... I work here. Oh. Well, kind of lonely, isn't it? It is. What do you do? Don't you know? What? <laughs> well, should I? Oh, uh, the flag. Signalman, huh? And telegrapher. I see. Say, uh, look, if I'm breaking any regulation by being here, I mean, uh, well, you look as if I... I was thinking that maybe I've seen you before. Where? Over there. By the tunnel now? Yes. But good Lord, man, I've never seen it before. I didn't even know you had a tunnel here. Well, don't you believe me? I think so. My name is McGregor. I'm glad to meet you, McGregor. My signal shack's just down the road. I've got some coffee inside. I'd... Well, I'd be glad to share some. Like you said, it's lonely here. Very lonely. Coffee's ready. Well, can I help or get cups or something? No, no, I'll get them. Tell me, why did you shout what you did when you were on the embankment? What did I shout? Hello, below there. Hello. Those were the exact words. Well, I don't know why I shouted them, especially. Are you sure? Yeah, you had no reason? I mean... Did you feel that somebody or something was making you shout just those words? No. What makes you think that something did? They might have. Who might have? Say, look, uh, are you all right, McGregor? I'm all right, fine. It's just... Just what? Look, listen to me. Don't don't think I'm crazy. You mustn't... Well, why should I think it? It's just... Well, when you see something, it's there, isn't it? I mean, it's real when you can see it and hear it. It's not a dream or a nightmare when you can see it there night after night. It's it's real, isn't it? Isn't it? What in the world are you talking about? Put that coffee down. Over here. You'll spill it. Hey, you'd better put it down and answer your key. Say, look. What's the matter with you? What are you staring at that telegraph key like that? Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Leave me alone! Let me out! Let me out! McGregor! Well, I... I stood there in the little shack dumbfounded. And by the time I roused myself out of it, McGregor was coming back. He came into the shack and his face was haggard and his eyes strained wide and unseeing. He shut the door. It's gone. 
What's gone? What are you talking about, McGregor? Are you sick or something? It was there. I saw it. Why does it come back? Why? Why? Now look, sit down, man. Calm yourself. You're not yourself. You'd better answer your telegram. I can't. There's no one to answer. It's him that's doing it. But who is him? Don't you understand? It's a warning. An accident signal. And he's sending it. He's sending... Now listen to me. This can't go on. Stands there night after night in the tunnel's mouth and he shouts frantically, Hello below there. Hello. Look out. Clear the track. Clear the track. Been going on for a week now, standing there and shouting in such an agony. Where's the wind you've been hearing, it's man? It's not the wind. It's him. Him. He's outside now in the tunnel mouth. You've been dreaming things. Then look for yourself. Look for yourself. I will. Well, I, I walked up the tracks toward the tunnel. And then I saw it. I stopped dead. And I stared. And there... There, standing in the tunnel's mouth, wrapped in an eerie radiance, stood a figure. I could see him clearly. One hand waving frantically, and the other hiding his face. And I could hear his voice, like something out of the tomb, pleading. Hello, below there. Hello. Look out. Look out. Clear the track. Clear the track. And again that train whistle moaned amongst the hills. And all the time I watched him, he stood there waving, dressed in what seemed to be a short coat and a beaver hat. Look out. Clear the track. Clear the track. McGregor. Bring a lantern, McGregor. Why? He gives his own light. Bring out a lantern. We're going up to him. He must be real. And McGregor brought out a lantern. And up the twin gleaming rails we moved. The lantern cast a wan pool of light about us. And as we walked, it shook madly, running long, sharp shadows at our feet. And it was cold, so cold, my body shivered. My hands were as nervous as an old man's hands. And now the voice of the thing in the tunnel got louder and louder. And it was sepulchral, hollow-sounding and... Torn with grief. Look out! Look out! Look out! Do you know him? Do you know him at all? No. He's not real. All week he stood there and called. Clear the track! Clear the track! He's waving his arm in such a frenzy. He's warning me. He's warning me. But of what? Hello, of what? Below there. Hello. When we are close to him, seize him. Yes. Yes. Seize him. I'll seize him. Stop it, McGregor. Do you hear me? Stop it. Yes, I'll stop. I'll stop. Pull yourself together, man. We'll be near him in a few moments. Now. I'll try. That whistle. Where's that whistle from? Who trains do now? McGregor. What? Are you ready? Yes. Look out below there. Look out. Clear the tracks. Clear the tracks. Now. I've got... Why? What? He's gone. It's gone, Kelsey. Down the tunnel, quick, yes. Vanished under my hands. Like a puff, he disappeared. Come on, McGregor. In the tunnel. Come on. Look sharp, McGregor. He must be in here. He couldn't disappear like that. The dead can. The dead can. Stop it, McGregor. Now look about you. Do you see anything? You won't find him. You won't. 
He's not real. You won't find him. You won't. He's dead. He's a ghost, a specter, a vision of death. He's the dead trying to warn me. But of what? Tell me of what? Of what? Of what? And we did not find the thing in the tunnel. After a while, we went back to the signal shack. McGregor, I said. Yes? How long have you worked here? Some six months. Why? What brought you to this? I needed a job, and there was one here. The other signalman before me was killed. Killed? Yes, a train caught him. Captain Beaver, that was his name. What? Eh? What was his name? Captain Beaver. That's what they called him, and I can't... What's the matter? Didn't you notice, McGregor? Notice what? His hat. The thing's hat. What about... Kelsey? Yes, McGregor. It was a beaver hat. A beaver. He's there again. I'm going outside. Wait, wait. The lantern. I want to see... Hello, clear the track, clear the track. Look, McGregor, look, his hat. It is, Beaver. I never noticed. Look out, look out. Then it's him. The other signalman come back from the dead. But why, why, what's he trying to warn me of? Tell me, Kelsey, tell me. What is the dead trying to say? McGregor's relief came. A young, sullen-looking boy named Carter. They both used a sleeping shack a few hundred yards away from their station, and it was to this shack that McGregor took me. Well, after a while, I fell asleep for, well, I don't know how long, until... Kelsey. Kelsey, wake up. It's time. Wake up. What? What is it? What's the matter? It's time for me to go on. Oh. Oh, I feel as if I only... Just fell asleep. You can stay here if you want to. No. No, I want to go along. Well, there's the nine o'clock express coming through. we better go then. We left soon after. And when we reached the embankment, evening was coming down. And with each step, I, I felt my heart thudding. The question loomed in my mind like a flame. Was the thing in the tunnel mouth? Was it there? The evening express screamed again through the hills, and its pitch suddenly seemed lifted to a tense agony. And when we reached the tracks, my eyes were strained with staring. Well, we went up to the shack. Inside, we asked Carter if anything had happened while he was on. Nope, he said, as dull as ever. He shook himself into a heavy mackinaw and said so long and walked out. We heard his footsteps fading. We listened to them as if they were the last living sounds we'd ever hear. And then they were gone. And we stood in the shack, hearing only the whistle of the express coming down the hills. Maybe he won't come tonight. Maybe the thing has left us at last. Maybe. I dreamed about that all day. Maybe he's given up and I won't ever hear or see him again. Even though you think it's trying to warn you or something? Of what? Of what? What's there to be warned of for a whole week? Maybe it's all a lark, a joke. A dead man's joke. Take it easy, McGregor. Tell me, Kelsey, please tell me. Hmm? 
Am I going crazy? Maybe I'm seeing and hearing all this in my own brain. I, I can't tell anymore. I can't. I'm so tired. It would be pleasant to escape, to forget. If I am going crazy... McGregor, I... stop it. If you're mad, then so am I. I've seen the thing. Then what does it want? What does it want? There. There, it's him. It's him again. He's outside. He's come back. McGregor. I raced out after him. He was standing there between the glistening rails. And in the tunnel mouth, wrapped in its unearthly radiance, stood the thing, waving and calling. Clear the tracks. Clear the tracks. And then... Then I became aware of the faint rumble of a train. The express. McGregor, get off the tracks. Get off the tracks. Clear the tracks. Clear the tracks. I seized McGregor and I pulled him off. And it was just in time. Like an incredible, fiery-eyed monster, the express engine roared out of the tunnel mouth. Multiple eyes it plunged past. And then, unbelievably, it happened. I saw the rear cars as if they were toys suddenly flung, hurtling off the tracks. A fearful grinding and crashing filled the air. And along the embankment there was a turmoil of twisted steel and fire, a sheet of flame left up. Smoke poured in billowing clouds from the terrible wreckage, and it screamed, it screamed. The night was torn with the cries of the injured and the dying. McGregor, get me a telegraph. Call for help. McGregor! McGregor! So this is what it was warning me about. Will you get to your key? There are people dying. Look, look in the tunnel mouth, Kelsey. Look, the thing, the thing's in the tunnel mouth. Chelsea, he's still calling it. He's still warning me. This wasn't it. There's something else. There must be something else. With the first sign of dawn, it disappeared, faded. And with the first sign of dawn, full emergency aid reached this lonely station. We worked all through the night and early morning. And it wasn't until mid-afternoon that McGregor and I parted company, he to his shack and I to mine. We promised to meet again soon. But it was some four days before I saw McGregor again. One morning, I heard some rapping on my door. Come in. McGregor. Hello, Kelsey. Come in. Shut the door. He's moved, Kelsey. Moved? The thing. He's moved. He's no longer in the tunnel now? No. It's left it. Good. Is it? Well, isn't it? The thing's not in the tunnel mouth anymore. It's gone. Isn't that... It's not gone, Kelsey. What do you mean? Two nights ago, it moved. I don't understand, McGregor. I don't understand it myself, Kelsey. But two nights ago, it wasn't in the tunnel mouth. It appeared further down the tracks. You mean... I mean it appeared closer to me. And it waved and called to me from its new position. Last night, it appeared even nearer in another position. But... But why? Can't you understand why? It's frantic, Kelsey. Frantic... It can't get me to understand what it wants to warn me of from the tunnel mouth, so it's coming closer. Maybe its time is running out, getting shorter, shorter. Well, maybe it was only an illusion. Is the thing itself an illusion? No. I tell you, it's trying to reach me to tell me something, Kelsey. You mustn't go back. That's just it. I mustn't stay away. I mustn't. You've got to stay away. Can't you see? Maybe what it wants to tell me will ease it, 
Maybe it's an anguished, damned soul and I can free it. I don't know. Maybe it's about a different accident. Or... Or what? Or maybe it's about myself. Maybe it's a message to me. To me alone. Maybe that signalman's come back from the grave just for me. I can't go away. I can't. I've got to wait until it reaches me. Until I understand. Until I know. And in the falling dusk, we came down the embankment. Hearing at the same time the first signalings of the Northwest Limited, the statesman, winding through the Clearwater Range. We relieved Carter, and after he had gone, we sat down in the shack. Somehow, this night felt uniquely strange. Later on, I knew why. Kelsey, I have a brother back east. Huh? If anything should happen, let him know. I'll write his address. Now, stop that nonsense, McGregor. It's not nonsense. I feel it tonight. There's something... You'll let him know, please. You will, won't you? This is foolish. All right, I, I will. But nothing's going to happen. That's the statesman. It's in the canyon now. I wish I were on it. Going past, never stopping. I wish... Kelsey. Yes? Why don't the dead lie still? Haven't they had enough of living... What insane desire drives them back again? If you don't leave off these ideas... The telegraph key's all right, isn't it? Why? See if the key's all right, Kelsey. Try it, tap it. Now, McGregor... No, 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 see. He has to be able to reach me. If the key's not working, how can he? Uh, tap it, tap it. Well, all right. There. It's fine. It works fine. And... And it's strange. Where is he? Where are you going? Outside. I've got to see. Now, will you please come? Something wrong, I know. I've got to reach. I've got to... McGregor! Uh, McGregor, the key! Captain Beaver, where are you? Besides, McGregor, where are you, Signal? He was calling. Calling the thing. And all at once, I was seized with terror. I ran out. There in the moonless night, I saw McGregor walking up the tracks. Moving slowly, calling walking like a lonely, bewildered hunter in the immense starry night of the mountains. Where are you, Captain Beaver? I'm coming. Where are you? But something was wrong, because the thing was not visible. Even McGregor was aware of it. He halted uncertainly for a moment, his head turning in all directions. And you find me, Captain Beaver? McGregor, looking for you. Is something wrong? Tell me. What should I do? Tell me. Tell me. The train, McGregor! The train! And then suddenly, as if it were a trick of magic, the air flared luridly beside McGregor and the thing stood there. McGregor touched him. Captain Beaver. Captain Beaver, I'm here. What is it? Tell me. What are you trying to tell me? Look out. Clear the track. Clear the track. And again the whistle blasted the air. I saw McGregor staring, fixedly. Face to face with the thing, as if he were listening. I saw the thing waving and shouting, but all at once, I did not hear its words. And I knew. I knew that it was speaking to McGregor. Now, now I know what the thing was trying to warn McGregor of. And McGregor knew it, too. He found it out too late. The train, in his own death. 
Dr. McGregor's face, contort with horror, as he listened to the thing. And then suddenly he spun around, staring wild with fear at the tunnel. And plunging like a cyclopean-eyed monster, the train roared down. The whole picture in that moment burned into my brain. The thunderous locomotive. McGregor, transfixed with horror. And the eerie, gesticulating thing. And then the engine was upon it. They stopped the train a few hundred yards below the accident. But there was nothing much to find and less to recognize. I stood unmoving for a while. This was what the thing had tried to warn McGregor of. This. His own death. The kind of accident that had occurred to the thing itself once upon a time. I remember still the last time I saw it. It stood where the train had struck McGregor down... Wrapped in its own radiance, holding its bowed head in its hand as if weeping, grieving that its warning had so tragically failed. Ah, listen to it. Listen to it. Forlorn and sad. Go ahead. Blow, engineer. Blow. Lament for McGregor. Sorrow for McGregor. Even the dead the ghost of Captain Beaver grieved. From the time-worn pages of the past, we have brought you the story, The Thing in the Tunnel. Bellkeeper, toll the bell. From the time-worn pages of the past, we have heard another immortal tale in The Weird Circle. Bellkeeper, toll the bell. Be here in this lonely cave by the restless sea once again next time for another immortal tale in The Weird Circle. That's our show for the evening. I hope you enjoyed the radio play tonight. And remember... You can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash terror1970. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Radio Show Nerd. Or on Twitter at Radio Show Nerd 1. Again, this is your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, signing off. <laughs>